How you doing, man? I'm feeling nice good. shirt. Thanks, man. Good little uh, shirt for the day, for the show, for the show. You're like Mr. Rogers, man. You need like indoor clothes, outdoor clothes. I need a podcast. Yeah, you need a podcast shirt. I was gonna ask you, what's your favorite old school muscle car? Old school muscle car? Yeah, uh, like a car that maybe you saw as a kid in the '90s. Camaro. Well, if we're talking old school, the SS '69 SS Camaro. Man, that thing's a beautiful a car. Man. I remember my boss at Man City bought one. Yeah, he flew out to Texas or something and drove it to the closest border and then had it shipped down. Yeah, man, that yeah. one, the Chevelle was pretty sick, yeah. and then the when Camaro made the IROC. Oh yeah, man, the uh, mid nineties IROCs. They sounded so different. The right? Firebird and the IROC. Yeah. Those were those were crazy. You know, like now the brown guy, if you want to call them that. Um, we gear towards the German imports and things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. but it's funny to see that's where things have transitioned to now. And you know, individuals want to get a six series or a Mercedes or that. It's no longer where before it was like, yeah, buddy pulled up in a Corvette yeah, or yeah, a yeah. Mustang or the 5.0 Mustang. Why do, why do we think like that? I don't know. I, 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 think, really, I think I know. I think it's because just like anything, um, we're influenced by the generation before us, right? Right. So we're influenced and grew up around and looked up to guys that were like younger. So you're born in 1988. I'm born in 89. Right, and we call ourselves the middle child. Yeah, almost, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like right before 1990, and then we have the kids born in the 2000 and the yeah. mid 90s that are younger than us, yeah. and then we have the guys that were born early 80s and the 70s. Yeah, which so like guys born in 74, 75, yeah. and then up. So we have some. Older friends and cousins, and we've noticed that they're quite different than yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things are now changing. Um, what do you make of that? The, the, well, when I first realized that, like, you know, how much I was influenced by guys that were older than us, or even if you take a step further and we look at um, our, our, our parents or our relatives that are, you know, immigrated here and they have a certain mentality, like, I remember this one time. Um, I was a young kid and I was one of my uncles, we were hanging out and uh, he's like, you know what the difference between marrying a girl from India and marrying I a girl I think he started with, you know the difference between me and you? Me and you, is, yeah, <laughs> the difference between me and you. He's like, uh, you're going to marry someone from here, from Canada, and if you want a sandwich, you're going to have to go get up and make it. And he's like, you know me, if I want a sandwich, all I got to do is call my wife and she'll make me one. Wow. And I remember thinking as a kid, like, am I going to fuck up? Like, am I going to do something wrong here? But you, as a kid, did you see that as a flex or what did you see it as guidance? Or No, I saw that as like, I saw, I saw that as like, it was, it was clearly a, a shot at me. A okay. shot at, because growing up, most kids will experience this uh, that come from the community. Um, you get shit on a lot, you know. School in grade four in India, you know what we had to do? And here you guys are just doing this? Yeah, yeah. There's always this comparison There's, there's game. always that comparison game up for, for, for everything. And that's probably a lot to do with their own insecurities because they just don't understand what it's like to, you know, go through the school system here and grow up here and stuff like that. So it's a constant, like, insecurity of theirs that they have to kind of flex on us as much as they can. But I remember that influenced me as a kid because if I... Look at that one phrase that was said to me when I was probably 13, and now I'm 32, turning 33. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm that person's laughing stock, because I'm going home, 
I'm making dinner. dinner. First thing I do is I clean the floors and stuff like that. Like I might even be the laughing stock of some of those guys you looked up to in the nineties. Like you clean the fucking floors? What's wrong with you, right? So Cinderella. You like we we don't really understand the extent of how much we're influenced by some of the negative things that people have done because we're mm. I, I believe human creatures to be visual creatures. we're visual creatures, right? Human yeah. creatures. We, we look, we see, we absorb, and that shit is imprinted in our DNA at some point or another. Mm-hmm. And that can be extremely negative if you're coming around stuff that is like what that uncle said of mine to me because he was a fucking tool for saying that because like my life was fucking great now, but he had me convinced as a 14-year-old that if, I marry, some, if I marry someone from here, I'm going to be miserable. And I'm doing all the things that he said that I wouldn't be doing. That motherfucker was right. Right. But I'm happier than a pig in shit every single day. And I was convinced at that age that if I do that. Yeah. I think there were so many things that unknowingly we saw and it was motivating us or we were looking at it. Oh, maybe I want to be like that. Simple things in the early 2000s, people start putting rims on their cars. Yeah. Everybody wanted to put rims on their cars. Yeah. In the mid 90s, everyone was putting boom bo- or the subwoofers in the trunk. Yeah. And then you'd hear the car going down. That shit died quicker. That's just like, you never hear that shit anymore. And you thought that, hey man, like that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy like a Mustang yeah. or like a Corvette and I'm going to have a thing in the back. And then that's because you're going up. Young boy, you're looking for men to model yourself after. Exactly. And I found that the people we were trying to model after, there's some people that were, yeah, they're good people and some great things to take from them, but some of them had questionable some characters. Questionable, characters <laughs> questionable things and the, 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 the like masculinity, the way they would explain it to you or even if the way that you, you kind of pick up on it, it, up on it yeah. was definitely unhealthy because mm-hmm. you always, you saw, okay, well, these guys, they play some sort of sports and at the end they start drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's normal, like everyone's drinking beer. And then mm-hmm. it's like, when they get together on a Saturday, it's like, yeah, you drink hard. That's just mm-hmm. what we do. And you drink multiple hearts. Mm-hmm. And if you can't drink hard, then you get made fun of. Yeah. Then if you're not drinking enough, you get made fun yeah. of. Yeah. And then if you're puking, you get made fun of for not being able to yeah, handle your booze. Exactly. And so then sometimes you're at places where people are purpose trying to give you more alcohol yeah. just to, you know. Or you're trying to drink more to keep up and or not really up. enjoying it socially. And it's not a fucking surprise why, you know, there's like an alcohol and substance abuse issue that we have in our community. It's self-perpetuated, right? 100%. But that comes from that stuff that we've learned from the people in the 90s. Yes. That came older than us. So lately, for you and I, it's been a fucking full-time job to, I can't say lately, it's been a few years now, of unlearning. It's almost a job of our first generation like us like to unlearn a lot of that stuff because your life could look extremely miserable if you're living according to those standards. I would say so. I, my life would. I, I can say that for like for me to even admit I'm madly in love with my wife would be like a fucking joke to someone. Yeah. Right? Now there because are usually yeah, here's the thing, what I find is anytime the topic of marriage is being discussed in groups of these men that are in their forties now, let's say because they're born in the mid seventies, it's always a negative It's a trash talking session. It's always a trash talking session of oh man, my freaking wife, man, yeah. this and that and it's just and it's not ever you know, positive things of, hey, yeah, marriage is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you gotta, you, you really have to experience this, experience mm-hmm. that. It's always talked down upon and mm-hmm. I just want to go hang out with my boys. Mm-hmm. I got to do this. And, and the craziest thing is, is a lot of these individuals saw that their dad would go to work and that was his job. Mm-hmm. That was his role. They and never saw love. And then when he came home, 
the food was there. Mm -hmm. So then a lot of these individuals said, okay, well, if I could bring home the bacon and if it's in a surplus amount, I can literally do whatever I want. So that's all. They and thought. that's probably, that probably wasn't even a conscious thought. It was so subconscious because if you see something for 25 years, you start to believe that's the norm. Yeah. Even if you've gone outside and experienced the world and seen everything else and seeing what other things are like, you yeah. still come back home to your, 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 your base. And when your base is as such, you, you think that is the norm. So that's where you see people that have these passive aggressive, passive aggressive issues with their partner and they have stuff where they don't see it eye to eye and understanding it. That's why I believe therapy is most important to the people that don't need it because it, therapy will expose you to your thought process. Yeah. Have you met a guy in his mid, who was born in the mid 70s, like 1980 maybe, uh, that spoke about their experiences in counseling? Because in my opinion, I've maybe only talked to one or two individuals in that age demographic that, that have gone that route. And maybe, a lot of women, and maybe it was someone that had to go through recovery, but yeah. it was never just a regular yeah. guy. Yeah, like, like that, like they were exposed to therapy through the rehab, rehab center that they were at yeah. and stuff, and then explain, like, exposed to it, but like outside seeking it themselves. I can't name you one. Why? A lot of it's probably got to do with toxic masculinity, ego, thinking they're fine, they're not a head case. And the other thing I think is people get accustomed to their life. Your life's miserable, that's just, it's just the way my life is. Because again, the thing we learned from our parents is you accept the circumstances you're in and you make the best of them. Right. And, and, and you just continue to live through them. You continue to suffer until either you can't suffer anymore or you find other inhibitions that will um, kind of be your escape, mm -hmm. right? Boys trip. I'm just going to drink a couple of bags every night. I'll be good. Uh, at least I'll be able to go to sleep. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's probably why, because they have other escapes. They are they're looking for escapes when the saddest part is why, why escape a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. You know how we're talking about some of these things that we saw maybe weren't positive, they were negative. We only came to that realization when we became adults, mm -hmm. right? When did that sort of start to happen for you? Or when did you start to see, hey, maybe I'm not really thinking like these guys? Because up until a certain point, we thought just like that. Yeah, 100%. Was. I think um, because we were chasing success, we were entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that we saw other entrepreneurs and in their lives and said, okay, well, this is what they're doing. Yeah. This is probably what we're doing. And this is probably what we have to do. I think for me, um, a lot of shit changed for me, like perspective-wise. When I, after I got married and I, I moved in, like we, me and my wife moved in together and we lived on our own and you start to kind of see, like almost play that comparison game. Okay. Like, you know, we get up on Sunday. Okay. What, what, what happened in my household when we got up on Sunday? What did my mom and dad do? Okay. I don't remember that much. Whatever, you know, my mom, my mommy do. Okay. It was very separate. They were never together. Me and my wife are like inseparable on the weekends. I mean, we can't see each other. It fucking sucks for both of us. That's all we're, you know, we're talking about. It's like, it's, it's, it sucks when we're not together, when we're not sleeping in the same bed and she's out, say in Vancouver girls night or whatever. Um, that's when a lot of shit changed for me where, Hey, where I had that almost epiphany moment where like, Hey, my life, the way I'm going to live it is so fucking different than what I've learned and saw my whole life that I can't go to that for a reference point anymore. Yeah, because what you explained is the polar opposite of what we would probably hear mm -hmm. from 
the OGs, mm-hmm. right? It would be more like, I can't wait till my wife's out of town, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. and then I can go hang out with my friends, mm-hmm. and I can go watch the basketball game, or I can go watch the football game, or I can go do this. Do you, like, I find, because you're not really into sports, but how do you balance the whole, like, boys, nights or hanging out with the boys and, and then I think and our, then how, like, how, 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 I think how that's it's, it's like unique for us because like fucking run a business with my boys like yeah. to be honest like in and I'm in my in my thirties like my circle's small yeah right? and it's just less common not a very likable like, guy anymore, I'm so. like people fucking yeah jerk like, absolute jerk <laughs> right so between the two of us we have like point half friends yeah exactly and even that point five is imaginary he's exactly. in the room right now and half never wants to be here Jerry's Jerry's here again um and so I, I get to hang out with my boys all the time and all of my friends are to to a detriment more better friends with my wife than they are with me this is she's a fucking dope individual right right so where it differs for me is that my life's intertwined our friends are all intertwined and that, is that the recipe for success then it is mine or do you think it's mine it's probably it probably wouldn't work for a lot of people that haven't done the work of unlearning a lot of shit from their right. past right. um but yeah i mean I, I don't see for myself any other way around it where you have to intertwine your, your your life. Like, I mean, you and Ruby have your guys' own relationship. Right, right. right. I have my own relationship with all of her friends. Right. right? So uh, I think that's extremely important. And then, like, I mean, the boys' trip, girls' trip, boys' night, girls' night, that shit doesn't even fucking matter to you anymore because it's just like it's all fucking one. What is this, the Gordora? Girls hang over there. Guys yeah, well, what the fuck no, well, that's the, that, those were the environments we were growing up in. Right? Yeah, you go to a, you go to an Indian uh, birthday party. You know, the guys are hanging out in the living room that nobody sits in ninety five percent of the time, but the guys are sitting there. But you guys probably got invited to certain wedding dinners afterwards, yeah, and yeah. you know, like Ruby had to go off and just sit yeah, there. Yeah, no, that's you have to of course. Go off and sit oh, here. But like, I'm not guys, guys. How did, it come to that? how did it feel though? Right? Did it feel kind of awkward? Or no, because I've been doing it for so long, and like you know, yeah. sometimes it's a good having a break from each other. Right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, by the end of it, like we're always like, like I mean. The reason I ask that is, is I'm wondering if those dynamics need to start changing in order for it to trickle. It's people want to, 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 to trickle if down. People and really find it important, and they really want to have a meaningful relationship, and not one of. Because I've know, picked up on certain families and certain houses I've been at, the women and the men sit in the same room. Yeah. The men will just drink, but they'll drink right there. Mm. But everyone's having this like a conversation mm. together, mm. and they're not kind of separated into no. two different rooms. Any house party that I've had, I mean, that's how it's always. I been. usually have. Yeah. I've usually observed that yeah. in their houses as well. But then there's some houses where there's that intense sort of segregation as well. And I, I feel this is just my opinion. With that deep segregation, it only ingrains the roles even more. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? So then it makes yeah. it where like, oh no, women are only supposed to do this, and yeah. men are supposed to do that. Um, but uh, no, it's a very, very interesting sort of uh, yeah, topic, really- I think. And where do you, so two questions, where, where do you think now in 10 years, if say we're having this conversation in 10 years, are the guys that are going to be our age, are they going to be kind of talking like us or are they going to be talking completely different? And then the second thing is, were there any positive things that you've taken from the OGs? I like to refer to them as the OGs. OGs, yeah, from the OGs, number one, uh, the biggest thing I think is the work ethic. Yeah. yeah right, like nose to the grindstone shit. Like I, how many, how many guys that are OGs do you know that are lazy? Very few. Yeah, these guys work like crazy. They work insane. So the work ethic, work sure. ethic is amazing. Now I'm not just saying like the burnout schedule and all that. I'm talking about these guys are tenacious. 
They put their mind to something, they fucking do it. There's nobody telling them otherwise. Right. Right? But um, then there's just the other areas that yeah, might mean I mean, improving. For me, they're probably, yeah, that, for them, life is probably great. 100%. And I don't mean that. And there's nothing wrong with it no, either. No, absolutely not. Yeah, we're just our opinion. And I think that's where the difference comes. Like, I've taken that from them, but there's, there's obviously, like, the stuff that we've outlined today that, like, you know, that we have to do. You do have to unlearn a lot of it. It does take time. Yeah. Right, and it does come with recognition first of all, and there is a period where you first recognize it and you think my life's a fucking lie. No, it's not. Life is vast. Life is long. Yeah. Life is an evolution. You just gotta keep evolving, and it's sometimes there's growing pains, and sometimes yeah. you feel like, oh, I wasted all these years thinking like, no, you didn't. You learned because now you'll, I'll never go back to thinking the old way that I did. Right? Like women are are, are not just objects or, or, or house cleaners to me. Yeah. Um, now, and that'll that was a big part. Pass on to a lot of that, exactly. But a lot of that was big in part to me being raised by a single mom as well. So that's really, true. So it comes different to me. And it, it, and it was, that's why it was, it made me more important to me. Um, but um, for future generations, what they're going to be talking about, I hope they're way past us. I hope they've evolved way past us. And they've gotten to a point where it is the norm for them yeah. to just, be in love and experience love and real love and and not just you know get past love into your 15 year mark and just have a gender rule uh, that you just co-parenting, co-parenting or so just, just eventually like you know people just become like living partners and and you know and that works for some people i just I don't, it wouldn't work for me right That's and i can't even say it would work for some people because most of those people aren't happy yeah they find Moments of happiness in their life, yeah. but genuine happiness where you just sit there on the couch and like, my life is fucking great. Yeah, the evolution is extremely interesting. I mean, it, the reason I say that is because now I keep having these flashbacks of how life was for us when mm. we were 15, 14, mm-hmm. things we saw and now the things we see and how it's slightly different and and how it's not slightly different and it's just a different form of it, meaning like there was a Canadian gangsters then. There's yeah. no Canadian gangsters yeah. now. There, it's, and if any, there's more now than there was then. Yeah. There's just more number of us. Or, or or the fact that it's just social media and like the media pumps it up even more. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Like, and I think with all that sort of stuff in the mix, as a community, we need to come together and some of these issues, we need to tackle them ourselves. Yeah. And things like this, healthy masculinity. Yeah. Healthy masculinity in the Indian community yeah. definitely needs to be talked about and more. And I think it starts, it starts with, before the collectiveness of us coming together because, like, I mean, a lot of times people love to like, just come together and figure this out. No, sit there with yourself and figure yourself out. Uh, figure yourself out. That's but No, no, what is it, what is it that, that are my ignorances? What are the my um, outside influences that are making me think like this? Like, actually just stepping outside of yourself and, and analyzing your thought process. I mean... I probably can say yes with therapy, but largely and due to uh, my experiences with LSD that have put me in that out-of-body experience and observed me, and not just me during my trip, my 12-hour, 8-hour trip on LSD, it's the unpacking of it 12 months later and making my associations and rewiring my thought patterning and stuff like that. But I think I've opened up Pandora's box for a whole nother episode. 100%. Um, so I think that's a good way to end it off there. And maybe Before we start the second episode right now. Because right 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 I feel like that we can go on, go on for longer. But if it wasn't for those out-of-body experiences and stuff, I wouldn't have the... Remember that starting point I was telling about? Like giving that spark to someone to start off there? Yeah. That's what my, that was my starting point for that. Of like, like okay, let's start thinking. Now you're starting to assess things and look at things very differently. And now I'm not... 
Because like when you start doing that, you can be hypercritical of shit too. Um, but it was more like life's an evolution, life's a process, life is long and vast. Reminder. Okay, now, how are you thinking about this? Why is it that when your wife said that you felt like that? Mm-hmm. Why did you feel that? Not why did she say that? You're essentially becoming your own counselor. And I think that's what therapy eventually is. It gives you tools that to, will to trigger those things and exactly. questions. And you become an observer. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think become the observer, observing the observed. That's it. So I think that's where we ended. Up. Become the observer. Nice.